want to welcome you to our Wednesday night study. And um, first of all, we know our regular announcements. Everything there is on BassChapel.Church. And if you missed any of this uh, study, What If I Do Not Desire to Pray, you can go back and watch that. I'm excited now. Our podcast, we've uh, reissued that. And now you can get the current uh, service and uh, services on the podcast and listen to those at BassChapel.Church on whatever uh, format you use to listen to podcasts. Also, the YouTube channel and on Facebook, but everything's right there. I want to encourage you that are part of our church family, please share the different things that we're doing because that is the age that we're living in now that people are, get exposed to the gospel, get exposed to a church family. So remember that's all there in BassChapel.Church. You can give online, you can get their secure P.O. box, or you can give in person in our weekly service at 1020 that we have in our gym. But tonight, uh, we're going to continue with our, our series, What If I uh, Do Not Desire to Pray? This is from the Church Questions uh, series that uh, Nine Marks puts out. And I hope you've been blessed on this. And again, we're going to be focusing on prayer and making that, again, a strong part of the DNA of our church. Let's open in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this time. And I pray, Holy Spirit, we know that you're here. I ask that you speak to us as we look in your word and help to understand the things we need to do to make prayer an important, permanent part of our lives. I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So, last time we said if if we want our hearts transformed, then we need to meditate on the person and the work of Christ, and we need to behold his resurrection glory. The, The way we desire to pray is by focusing on the resurrection. And the resurrection, there's life. And the resurrection, there's newness of life. And so that should help our desire to pray is that we can have life here. We can find life here. And so clarify the gospel and fueling prayer. There's two in, in, in essential ingredients. We need to clarify the gospel. That now more than ever because the gospel gets muddied up into what people want it to be and not what it is according to God's word. And fueling prayer, they go together. The resurrection is the most important thing to behold in God's Word. It fuels our desire to pray, which is what we talked about last week. We need all of God's Word then, and we need God's people if we're going to fuel prayer. We need all of God's Word, and we need God's people. Consider both God's Word and God's people are crucial as we try to train our hearts to desire prayer. And this is what we're going to look at tonight. We need God's Word, and we need God's people. And Mark 12, 30 and 31 says this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second commandment is just as important as this, Love your neighbor as yourself. We need both. So let's look at God's Word. Uh, we were created, when God created the world, He did so with words. In Genesis 1, we see He's spoken into existence. There's no distance between words and actions. His words are His actions, which means they are absolutely trustworthy. Think about that. God's words, He spoke it into existence. His words and actions, and so therefore we can trust him. God accomplishes his will by his word, but he, communi- but he communes with us by his word also. He accomplishes his will by his word, and he communes with us by his word. And so that's why God's word is important. God created us to do far more than just comply to his commands. He created us for a conversation with him. I think that's where we struggle a lot with prayer is we're going to get in this towards the end of this session. We pray together in order to learn how to pray, but then we get stuck on we have to pray a certain way, and if I don't pray that certain way, then I'm not praying. These are just examples, but we get stuck on i got to do it this certain way. 
I have tried my whole life to transfer from just praying a flowery prayer, which is nothing wrong with it. There are those that can touch the heart of God and lift people up by how they pray. But I want to just talk to God. And so we need to kind of balance that. And so God created us in His image so that we might know Him, love Him, and fellowship with Him. And so God has spoken to us about Himself in the Bible. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says this, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of His law. So God has the secret things, but when we pray, He can reveal those things so that we understand how to follow God. And that's why He's given us His word and given us His law. John 5, 39 says this, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. As it is, they bear witness about me. I'm going to find eternal life by just looking at the Bible. Yes. But this is why we need to understand Jesus is the living word. And what he's saying here is they, the word bear, bears witness to, the written word bears witness to the living word, which is Jesus Christ, which is John 5.39 is saying here. And then 1 Timothy 3.16 says this, Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifest in the flesh, uh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. This has been affirmed through what God has done. And so we see this. And um, in the Bible, God gives us more than just rules to live by. He paints a picture of himself. We don't have it. We don't have to imagine what God is like or what God uh, or what God likes. We can investigate what He really said, and He has plainly spoken to us in His Word. And this is the problem we're having: we're not getting into the Word, and we're not learning the Word, and we're not memorizing the Word. So we start making up things Jesus said because it sounds good. I mean, the Word, written Word, is connected to the living Word. And in God reveals Himself that we might know Him. This is how we. This is His love letter to us. This is the Bible. Basic instructions before leaving Earth. One primary way to fuel prayer is by immersing ourselves in the Bible. Now, uh, a year or so ago, we did a series on praying the Word and uh, using Psalms as an example. And I think it helped a lot of people. I know my wife developed that as a habit on, on what she does. And you go through the Psalms and you pray the Psalms and. It was just really uh, a good process. And so you got a lot of good model prayers in the Bible and things to pray for. God's Word gives us model prayers. And again, the Psalms. Here's just some that you might look at later. Um, we see here when we feel frustrated or forgotten, Psalms 3. That ever happens to you? God, where are you? Or I'm frustrated. When we feel forsaken. I've been left on the side of the road, Psalms 22, overwhelmed with gratitude, so much happy and gratitude to, towards God, Psalms 30, Psalms 65, Psalms 67, repentant, Psalms 51, or in the need of a reminder of God's goodness and mercy, the 23rd Psalm, just read that today, 32nd Psalm, the 57th Psalm, all these things are prayers and things we can pray to God can't go wrong praying scripture. Uh, as we eavesdrop on these prayers in scripture, insert ourselves in them. These scriptures guide our prayers. We don't need to 
initiate prayer as much as imitate prayers. God has already provided us. Prayer isn't about blazing new trails. It's about walking down worn ones. Now, again, I want to be really careful about this. We have a few generations back of people that would pray the Lord's Prayer every day. It's nothing wrong about knowing the Lord's Prayer, but if it becomes a mantra, or if it just becomes something you do, the Lord's Prayer is an outline to learn to pray. And it's good to memorize it, but then there's a point you need to go beyond it and use the outline. Uh, uh, the outline, our Father, who art in heaven, that's acknowledging God. How it be thy name, that he is holy. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you're saying, abbreviating, hey God, not hey God, but I'm talking to you, and you're holy, and I want your will right now, just like your will's being done in heaven. And notice the next. Give us this day our daily bread. God, give me what I need. And forgive me where I have done wrong. And help me to forgive others. You see, the concept of going beyond the memorization, the initial, and then making it your own. So, God, so that's God's word. Now let's look at God's people. God hasn't created us for a conversation. God has, hasn't only created us for a conversation with Him. It's the point that many of our attempts to repair our prayer life fall short. In other words, I'm doing good just praying to God. We live as the only thing that matters is our individual relationship with God. But what do you do with Mark 12, 30 and 34? We, uh, uh, 30 and 31, excuse me. We ignore 31. And it says, and the second commandment is Somewhat important? No, is just as important as this. Ooh, smack dab right in your face. God's saying you need to love me and you need to love people. And it's just as important. So we love him and talk to him, but prayer also involves the people. And this really messes us up because for some time... We've listened to professional prayers, and I've got to be really careful. I love the people that can really pray, but I've been tempted to get into flowery language and how to say things, and I'm really saying it for people that are listening instead of saying it for God. Let's just get real here. And so what happens when you see somebody that can pray well, and you're listening to them, I can't do that, because I'm going to have to do it that way. Hmm. I don't think that was God's ever intention. So we need to build a bridge and get over that. We live as the only thing matters. We live as if it's uh, as if it's possible to have a vibrant relationship with God that doesn't involve anyone else. And let's just be honest: people are difficult, people are messy, and people get in the way of you just being okay with God in a cabin by yourself. Why did God have to do that? Why can't it just be me and Him? You know, and they're on their own because He doesn't want us to be selfish. He wants us to be sacrificial. He wants all to be saved and none to perish. And he wants people to see imperfect, uh, wants a dying world to see how imperfect people for, that are totally different come together under the banner of Jesus Christ. But as he says here, is it possible to have a vibrant relationship with God that doesn't involve anyone else? It's not possible. Going back to, you say, well, Pastor, Mark 12, 13, 31, you deal with that. You struggle with that. If you can show me how that's different, it's not about me beating you up. It's pretty plain. The second commandment is just as important as this. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
Before man's relationship with God was threatened by sin, it was threatened by isolation. We are not meant to commune with our Creator alone. Oh boy, I almost want to lean into the camera on this one. What do you think the devil's doing right now with this COVID? I'm going to talk to some of you that are out there that you, if you, in your heart of hearts, got honest with God, you just got uncomfortable being alone and by yourself. I'm going to be honest with you, Pastor. It is easier to do this than to physically deal with people right now. Are you kidding me? It's easier for me to get bold and do all this stuff on camera and never have to deal with anybody. But did God design it that way? Not at all. And some of you, I'm not saying all of you, you're going to hear me clearly. If you are medically not in a place or you haven't been vaccinated or you haven't had COVID or you do not feel safe, I want you to be at home. I want you to be safe. I'm not downing you. But now let's put that aside. Some people have stopped coming to church after those barriers have gotten out of the way because accountability. Well, they're not going to know if I'm here or not. I don't agree with this politically that I have to wear something or I don't have to wear something. See a lot of self things in there? Didn't talk about real reasons. I talked about being comfortable because the devil, here's what he does. He does it to pastors. And churches allow it. A lot of times they elevate and isolate pastors. Let's put them up here on a pedestal and let's not bother them. That's a recipe for disaster. But now let's get where you're at. You've got COVID or I've got to be worried about it. So now if we thought a faithful church attendance before COVID was once a month and now people have been given permission to be at home. And again, if you think I'm pick, trying to make you feel guilty or pick on you, if you feel medically that it's not safe, then you, I'm not saying that. I want I, I tell our people consistently, you need to do what's best for you to be uh, healthy. I'm talking about once you know those barriers are out of the way, what's going to be the spiritual kick in the butt for you to realize the devil's keeping me isolated? You know what's interesting about our church services, using that as an example, we never start on time right now. You want to know why we don't start on time? Because we're so hungry for fellowship. We're so hungry. Are you kidding me? I'm a hugger. I'd hug everybody here. And I think I, I know I got COVID from doing a side hug. Okay? That's how bad, you know, I was missing it. I'm going to get COVID. You know, I don't care. That wasn't where I was going. Why is it? Why is it that we desire touch and conversation and all these things? Because God designed us. And that's Satan's top thing. And he's using it right now. Getting people to get into the news more than the Word. Getting people to get by themselves. And building up this false fear that I don't want to move from this. Isolation. We're not meant to just commune with God. We need to commune with each other. Yes, you can commune on FaceTime. Yes, you can text. And those are all good things. But let's go back to this. And I'm not quoting any statistics, so your pastor's probably off. But let's go back to how God has designed us for relationship. I, I could be wrong, so you can check me on this. But I think kids that are just doing only online learning are not doing that well. That they're just, you know, at home. And I believe in homeschooling. I'm not talking about homeschooling because they still have interaction with the parent or somebody else that are doing online learning, they're not doing it as well. There's a lot of kids that are dropping out of college because of the majority of online learning. 
Nothing wrong with online learning. I'm just saying that there is a common principle that God created us for physical relationship one with another. We're created for that. God intended us to know Him and to fill our creation work not just through His Word but through relationships with each other. And so how can, question is, how can we build relationships with other saints? God has designed a special way where His people gather around His Word so they can grow in their love for God and one another. And guess what that is? That's a local church. And a local church was established in Acts and I have so many people, I can meet in the field, I can meet by myself. He's called for you to meet with brothers and sisters in Christ. You're not fulfilling the second part of the great commandment. And what do you do with what Paul said? That we need to meet together and even more as you see the day approaching. And obviously with the things that are going on, the day is approaching because he said you will have plagues and you will have wars and you will have rumor wars. And he also talks about the fact that people will call good bad good and good bad. Well, we're there. And why are you meeting less instead of more? Again, you need to be safe. I'm not calling anybody to put their health, you know. But he's called us to gather together. It's the local church, and I'm tired of people, even before COVID. Well, I worship God on my own. Then you're in sin, and I'm going to tell you why, because you're only doing half of it. Go to Mark 12, 30 and 31, and you're only doing 30. And 30 is easy. 31 stinks sometimes because people are messy. You're only half worshiping. We need each other. And it's messy. And guess what? Everybody's sinners at the church and everybody's been forgiven. And you got everybody's got to work through their stuff. And we just got to put our big boy pants and our big girl pants on and say, we're brothers and sisters in Christ and we're going to get through this. Local church praying with God's people. Local church isn't an optional accessory to the Christian life. I, I'm good with God. I'm reading the Word. I think I might go to church if I'm extra special. And we say go to church. I think we should change that terminology. I have to think on that. But if the church is the people of God, it's like I want to be with the church. I want to be a part of the church. We've made it a building or institution, and it's the fact it's the people of God meeting together. That's the primary context where we learn to follow Christ is in prayer. So how does that work? Praying with others helps me know what I'm feeling. It's interesting. You'll hear somebody pray out loud, and you're like, yeah, I'm there. <laughs> I can feel that. You know, praying with others does the same thing. Sometimes we can't put our feelings into words, and somebody prays it. Somebody steps out. All the time, I share where my heart is and the things that I struggle with. I shared a couple of weeks ago how I went off on a customer service person. I didn't cuss or yell, but I wasn't nice, and I was wrong. And I know they think the pastor's probably the most horrible. You know the one of the reasons I want to do that is because I think uh, James 5.16, confess your sins one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. I think of Proverbs 27.17, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You know why? It's because I want you to see pastor struggles with that too. Pastor has to seek forgiveness too. And this is what prayer does. When we hear people pray, it makes us more comfortable to say, look, they got stuff and I got stuff, and so that's how you pray about that stuff, and thank you, God, for them expressing that stuff. In the local church, we find brothers and sisters walking the same road of obedience, praying together, 
If you're struggling to pray, you can simply pray with others in your local church. So when we talk about meeting together for prayer, even online, I'm going to figure that out, how we can do maybe a Zoom prayer meeting too, but we're also going to have a physical prayer meeting, and you'll have a complete able to social distance either way. Praying together encourages, sharpens one another. We share each other's heart. We learn to pray much more, much like we learn a language. In the same way we learn to pray by hearing and imitating others. Again, I want to be very careful about that. If you're just learning a mantra, you've got to get beyond that mantra and learn how to just pray to the heart of God. In a local church, we learn how to put words to our relationship with God. That's what the church is. That's the key tonight. The local church helps us put into words our relationship with God. So hearing someone who else who prays uh, helps me identify what's going on inside me and gives me the words I need to relate to God and enjoy the peace that comes through prayer. So a couple more things. We see here praying with others helps me know what I'm not praying but should be. Hmm. I didn't know, you know, hey God, I need to have a time of praise. I need to have a time of confession. We're doing that. Uh, I'm still working on what our prayer meeting is going to look like, but I've found a general sheet on some stuff that gives areas that you need to pray on, that you should consistently pray on. There should be a time of confession. There should be a time of praise. There should be a time of uh, supplication where you're asking God things. And most of the time, we're just doing a never-ending shopping list and none of the other one of those. And so we need to under that. I learned to pray for things I should want. Philippians 4.9, my God will provide all our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Instead of, uh, you know, I, I learned to pray for the things I should want, and we need to pray for the things that we need. In short, praying with others exposes us to a deeper relationship with God. We learn new ways of repenting, rejoicing, petitioning, and praising. By praying with others over and over again, I, we realize the depth of our relationship with God that we haven't experienced. Next, praying with others gives, gives me permission to fill what I want to deny. This is why a pastor gets real with you. And I say, I didn't want to do that. But God told me I need to do that. My goodness, I shared a scripture the other day, Romans 12, I think it's 8, I always get it mixed up. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live at peace with all. And then I go to the person that's kind of ticking me off, and then that second part, as far as it depends on you, so it's not them to straighten up, it's me. And I don't like that. But I'm going to go with God, because he knows the best for me. We need to pray for things, praying together. Oh, wow, I didn't know I need to be like that. Because our pride sometimes wants to deny we're wrong. We don't want to admit we're weak. We don't need to, let's get back to the issue of pornography. It's rampant. In the church, I didn't, I'm not talking about Bass Chapel necessarily. I'm saying the church, the people of God, because we haven't addressed it and the temptations of it. And I'm not saying everybody needs to confess it to everybody. But if you have men meeting together in accountability and praying, it should get to the point of James 5.16. Confess your sins to one another and pray for the one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. we got to get real with addiction all these things. And this is where the prayer meeting comes in. Consider Jesus' example in Luke uh, 12, uh, excuse me, Luke 22:44. And being in agony, he prayed most earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood uh, falling down to the ground. Jesus 
example of the garden of Gethsemane. He was overcome with agony and sweat drops of blood. He got real about where he was. So many times we fake it or we felt like we've learned a fake prayer. Get real. Just tell him. Um, only by embracing weakness do we find true strength. God, I'm weak here. Help me with this. Um, what helps others is when we show that we are honest, having honest conversations with God. And lastly, we see this in Habakkuk. Uh, we should turn our doubts and discouragements into a dialogue with God. Habakkuk uh, chapter uh, 1, verses 2 and 4 says this, Oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help? And you will not hear, or cry, at your, or, or cry to you, violence, and you will not save. Why do you make me see iniquity, and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me, strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed, and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice comes forth perverted. You know, I don't think he's yelling at God. I don't think he's being disrespectful to God, but he's saying, God, this stinks. I was going to say sucks, but I'll probably get in trouble for that. But you know what I'm saying? Get real with God. He already knows, so tell him. Okay, and that's what Habakkuk. We get to listen to others fight, but so many times, God, thank you for this, and help Aunt Sally with her uh, knee and or this. And those are all good things, but what about getting real? What happens when people get real? That changes the church. That changes the dynamic. And again, I wouldn't trust everybody. That's why accountability, but when people get tight, you get to James 5.16. When you get to the point you're confessing, it's not confessing to them forgiveness unless you wrong them, but when you're confessing one another, that's getting real. That's some prayer time. Because you trust. And you know they're praying for you. Um... Prayerlessness is like the flu, but so is prayerfulness. Let's go, let's get rid of the flu. It's like COVID. <laughs> prayerlessness is like COVID. It's contagious. But it's also, uh, prayerfulness is like COVID. It's contagious. Start it. Catches. Passion for prayer is often more caught than taught. I found, he said that he found that nothing increases his, our desire to pray more than seeing and being around people who pray. And me, as, your, as the, the under-shepherd for Bass Chapel, it is my calling that Jesus said, my house shall be the house of prayer. And so therefore, that needs to be a priority. And that's where we're at. And so as we end this session tonight, we need to understand that there's two things that are important for us to desire to pray. To be in His Word, and to pray His Word, and to pray with His people. So where does that leave you? Go to the Psalms. There's a great resource um, that we can help you with, Praying God's Word. I'll have, to, I'll have to look it up. We'll see if we can get it on there. But that little book will help you start learning to pray Scripture. But the second part, whether we're going to have to be outside the box. This whole year's been outside the box, but if I figure out a way to do a Zoom prayer meeting, we'll do that one. And then we'll do it. We're going to be doing a physical prayer meeting. We're still working on these things. This this study is to prepare you for that. But you can start by praying the God's word. But if somewhere somehow you just kind of been sliding and you know it's time, we love to see you back. Again, if it's not safe for you, I just think of my parents right now. I don't want them around anybody until I feel safer because that could hurt them. But you know where you're at. 
and you know what you need. And that doesn't stop you to call somebody and pray with them, to text somebody that you're praying for them, to FaceTime somebody and to pray with them. God's given us a wonderful way of doing that. Why do I not desire to pray? Be in His Word and be with His people. Mark 12, 30 and 31. Lord, I thank you for this evening. I pray you call us to follow you strongly. And I just pray, help us to be in your word and be with your people. In your name, Jesus. Amen.